that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and telling lies. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Tierney Steele. And we're joined this week by a new guest! Woo! <laughs> welcome, Kathleen! <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm Kathleen. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, so those of you that listen to the Cosmic Geppetto podcast and or are obsessed with Wonder Woman may recognize Kathleen and my voices together. But uh, why don't you tell the folks where you're from? Hey, everybody. I am from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, something you may or may not know is that my husband also fancies the Minute by Minute podcast. He does (laughs) the Jurassic Park Minute and the Goonies Minute and a few other ones that I'm kind of blanking on the moment, but he's great. So that's <laughs> There great. are a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're super happy you came out to join us. We love every perspective we can get for this movie, and, and you happen to have some great minutes coming up. Oh, hey, wonderful. Oh. I'm so excited to be here. We're kicking off this week with Minute 45, which starts with Atreyu stuttering his way through an answer to the Luck Dragon asking him where he thinks he's going, and it ends with Atreyu scratching behind Felcor's right ear. So when we say we have good minutes this week, I mean, we're starting with good minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, this is such an exciting minute, minute 45, because in the previous minute, you know, you see this white dragon coming out, you know, the distance and rescuing Atreyu from the swamp of sadness. And really at minute 45... You get to know who Falcor is. You get to know his name. You get to know he's a luck dragon. You get to see his super shiny pearly scales up close. And it's gorgeous. just really cool. And Falcor, uh, I'm kind of biased about this scene. I'm really happy Tyranny invited <laughs> me because Falcor is my everything. Like anytime I'm sad or I need to pick me up, I just think of that good, you know, white fuzzy good luck dragon coming in from the distance and it just really cheers me up it's just he's he's an amazing character he's a sign of hope and good and purity and just yes so minute 45 is great so we did some serious gushing on him last week when we first got to see him and it wasn't even a full-on exposure to him it was just kind of a a once over and we still gushed about it for at least 30 minutes i think oh yeah definitely Uh, it was such yeah oh i was just gonna say i have a little amendment to previous gushing I've done, not about Felcor, but Atreyu looks totally different in this lighting. I think you're just getting used to seeing him in mud, that's I, all. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so strange to see him clean. No, but I, I think, because at first I was like, wow, he looks different. Like, was this from a totally different point in shooting? And then I realized we've mostly seen him in either the the really soft orangish light of the ivory tower like reception room or lobby or whatever we were calling it um or we had a little bit of him in the forest but even that was a very soft like bright light and then we've seen him in the swamps of sadness Mm -hmm. but now we've got this kind of like it's almost bluish 
on yeah. it. Like it's not a blue light, but it is a blue-ish well, light. If that I wonder makes if sense. that has something to do with they reused a lot of blue screens back then. Like green yes. screen <laughs> technology wasn't really around, and clearly and the amazing <laughs> the amazing view of the stars in the background. I believe that was probably like the blue screen, like computer generated. So that's yeah. actually a good point to bring up. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that tyranny. So he he looks like a different person, and um. He also apparently cannot lie. This is not a train's finest minute. Terrible, <laughs> terrible liar. No tyranny. In the words of C-3PO, perhaps you do not recognize me because of my green arm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I think, you know, Falcor is a really good dude because, okay, he saves Atreyu from the Swamp of Sadness. And here's Atreyu sneaking off quietly. Like, you're not going to tell this guy, like, thank you or anything <laughs> and Falcor is so great and so good natured that he's just like joking with him the whole time you know oh, like yeah. when he's like oh do you like to eat children for breakfast like you know Falcor just laughs it off you know ha 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 whatever but I don't know oh. I just thought it was really lame of a trade just to kind of like sneak off that always made me upset well so. I have one thing first of all that laugh um I gotta bring it back <laughs> Thomas I'm so sorry I keep doing this to you Sandlot Minute that is James Earl Jones' laugh from the Sandlot when he's like, George signed this? Uh, that's like the worst James Earl Jones impression ever, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that laugh, oh my God, it reminds me so much of him. It really um, does. Yeah, it's it does. Really I don't know if y'all have already talked about the, the voice of Falcor, but the voice of Falcor was Alan Oppenheimer. Yes. Um, and oh, you've already done that. Okay, you can go ahead. Go ahead. And, oh, all right. Say, I think. I mean, we part. definitely said it's Alan Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, well, I just I was watching it again today, and I was like, that voice. Oh my gosh, that voice. I feel like was the voice of cartoons in the 1970s and 1980s. <laughs> and when I did a little more digging, he often did voices for the filmation company. And he did the voice for Mighty Mouse, Ming the Merciless on Flash Gordon. Uh, the Overlord on Black Star. He was Skeletor. He was yep. the voice of Skeletor, and uh, he also um, was a for the filmation's Ghostbusters. I know that my husband talked about this on his show, but like <laughs> the Ghostbusters cartoon, he did a voice of one of the characters on that. And he was also on the Smurfs and the Wuzzles. I don't know if anyone remembers yes, the Wuzzles. Yes, I remember the Wuzzles. <laughs> I was a huge Wuzzles fan. Not many people remember it but it was great. And then he was on the pound puppies apparently, but you know, that's a whole nother thing. So and the Wuzzles had their great competition, the poppets. Oh, <laughs> oh I remember the poppets. Was it poppets or was it popples? Popples. It was popples. popples yeah. sorry. Oh, popples. I, you know, people had their cabbage patches, but I was like popples for the win, man. Like <laughs> I had to have them all. So it was way before Pokemon was cool. Yes. But hearing this minute, kind of disturbed me a little bit is that nowadays if somebody got caught saying i like children the way that falcor does yeah now it has our our societies evolved so that it's not the same anymore mm -mm. it now has this horrible negative connotation and i miss the days when it was this simple it could you could just say i like children <laughs> Yeah, Aww. I really feel like this this movie, The NeverEnding Story, along with other 1980s fantasies, are just such a big contrast to the dark kind of apocalyptic fantasies that we have today. You know, like you were saying, Thomas, just audiences today are just so negative and always looking for the worst in everyone. But back in the day when we were kids growing up, it was all like, oh, my God, 
rainbows and like shiny diamond <laughs> dust in the background. Like that's yeah, that, he likes children. Yeah, yeah, it's just I I don't know, but I I well, get what you're saying. I I did have the note, and I noticed this. Uh, I rewatched this minute a few times to make sure that I wasn't just like reading into it or anything. Because he, he says, you know, I like children. Immediately, Trey is like, for breakfast? Like, children yeah. are friends, not food. Yeah. Even after that, he's like, how do you know my name? And when Falcor says, you talk in your sleep, and then winks at him, look at a Trey's face in the next uh. shot. This kid is not down with what this left dragon is saying. He is just like, <laughs> what do yeah. you mean you just listen to me talk in my sleep? Like, he thinks it is weird. He does not soften until Falcor asks him to scratch behind his ear, like, starts actually, like, kind of making that funny face and, like, yeah. wiggling around. And that's when he's like, oh, okay, you're just a little weird. That's it's all like, right. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're watching me sleep, like, with that one winking eye? Like, what the heck, yeah, man? Like, he was not, he was not okay with that. So I think he was, uh... Yeah. yeah. No, but it's true, you were saying it, it really wasn't, you know, it didn't seem like a safe situation for Treyu <laughs> until, like, he scratched his right ear. Yeah. And this scene is so important because, you know, Atreyu loses Artax and the Swamp of Sadness, and he has, like, no one, he's far away from his home in the plains, and finally, here's, you know, a, a, a being of hope. You know, maybe a little creepy, but maybe he's not so <laughs> creepy anymore. He has to get to know him a little more. But um, yeah, it's just, and it's also really interesting that both of both Artex and and uh, Falcor are white, which symbolizes kind of like hope oh, and goodness and purity right. and things like that. I never thought of that. Yeah, which is a stark contrast to the Gamork, who is black. I mean, it's yeah. cliche black and white, but I just thought that was so interesting that we're going from Artex, his friend. Artax dies, and then all of a sudden, immediately after, this new ray of hope, literally, this good luck dragon <laughs> comes in and saves uh, Atreyu. It's so. like his mount leveled up or something. Oh, my God! <laughs> yes! Yes! Nice. Oh, man. He's got flying ability now. He got to right. level 50. He got Aww. to level 50. I was a huge uh, World of Warcraft player, so, so man. Oh, when I got that flying mount, it changed the game. Like, it literally changed the game. You could see, like, you know... I don't know. So it's it's really important, this scene. It brings back hope in not only Atreyu, mm-hmm. but also Bastion as well. Because um, yes. Bastion is experiencing the same quest and feelings as Atreyu is, but they both don't know it yet. But oh. that's a, another time, another minute. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get there. Yeah. Atreyu's uncharacteristically scared here. He hasn't shown a whole lot of fear in this movie, and I think this shows, if anything the effects that the Swamps of Sadness actually had on him. Yeah. Because even facing Morla, which was much more terrifying than Falcor is, he didn't bat an eye, but now he's he's definitely scared. Well, and he... He doesn't have that drive of the quest in this minute that he's had right. up till now. Because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't even know... what He still doesn't know what his next step is. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. been brought in and clued in to, as to what's happened yet. He's so. kind of lost, and we haven't seen him here before in this movie. I mean, maybe he's been, you know, I'm sure in his life he's had other uncertain times, but we haven't seen them. This is the first time we see it. Yeah. But luckily it's with Falcor, who is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is definitely a time for his character to recharge his batteries and gain his footing again and learn what the next steps are. So... So speaking of recharging batteries, I did take I did look up a couple notes on sleep talking. 
Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, sleep talking is also known as somniloquy, and it's a type of parasomnia. So basically an abnormality that happens when you're sleeping. You don't really know what exactly causes it, but um, some of the things that could cause it, which fit rather nicely with this, are certain medications. We don't know what medications he's had, so mm-hmm. it could be that. Emotional stress. That causes yeah. it. Um, okay. He's had a little bit of that. Fever. He's probably been, been a little feverish with whatever medicines they gave him. Yeah, I mean, he's got an open wound, and that swamp of sadness does not look clean at all. Oh, I mean, trust the bacteria, us, it's not. the amoebas, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. We read way too much about that swamp. We know it's <laughs> <Yeah>. not clean. <laughs> um, mental health disorders, which he seems okay with, and then substance abuse are some of the, the basic causes of sleep uh, talking. So he yeah. he had every right to be talking in his sleep during this. I also know, or at least in 2002, if you applied to work for the CIA, one of the questions was, do you talk in your sleep? And if the answer was yes, it would limit what you could do. And it basically <laughs> was like, are you sure you still want to work for us? Because you're probably going to like just be in it. You know, you can't can't really do much if you talk in your sleep we're not going to trust you with a lot of things oh wow yep not that i was like a nerd who was looking at that stuff when i graduated from high school but (laughs) yeah that was that was like right up front and center there were certain things where it's like hey um if you do drugs or if you do this or if you talk in your sleep you might want to really think about whether or not you want to work here (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's sorry i'm trying to figure out what is the white thing on Atreyu's hip? Was that always there? I was wondering that as well, and I, I didn't want to... Is it maybe like a medicine bag? I know that sounds so cliche, because he's obviously... Tr- it, the Plains people are obviously the Native Americans, you know. Um, well, but I just don't remember seeing it before. Mm. Like in earlier I know, minutes. I actually had a note about it as well. I was like, where did that come from? Maybe it's something that we haven't seen her yet, but something Urgo made for him to carry forward in the future. Oh, like a little first aid kit or something. Oh, that's oh, interesting. That'd be smart. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, because we would have seen it in like the ivory tower. It was like maybe it's just been dirty for so long we don't recognize it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one. I also had kind of forgotten about Falcor's teeth somehow. Oh, so I looked up his teeth (laughs) because i was bothered by them as well they're actually made of clay oh okay wow yeah the original version was crafted from clay along with his his like gums and and teeth that whole inner mouth thing except for the tongue yeah yeah Yeah. that's doing its own thing yeah falcor (laughs) is definitely an interesting looking dragon i know that uh when i was younger when i was watching this back in the day I was like, that's not what a dragon looks like. You know, I'm used Aww. to the, you know, Western thought of dragons, like the kind of the Game of Thrones type. Right. Mm-hmm. And then looking at it again, I mean, he's clearly based off of the appearance and mythos of the Chinese feng shui good luck dragon, which is, you know, right. the luck dragon coming up. So they've got like the longer bodies, kind of like a dog type face and appearance. But um, yeah, they definitely bring like good luck and health and stamina and, and things like that. So I don't know. I just remember being a kid and just be like, that's not a dragon. That's a dog. Like, yes. just being really confused. He's so. definitely got some oh, spaniel ears going I was on. Down, <laughs> I was down with that. I was fine with that. And it's funny because I know a lot of people make fun of when he's getting his ears scratched and, like, his tongue comes out. I was like, no, that's what happens with dogs when you find yeah. the right spot. This is great. 
Yeah. You find this spot on Falcor and it almost goes to an adult place. Well, that's next minute. This minute is <laughs> oh like just God, cute Thomas. and adorable. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to give a shout out for another 80s movie that has probably been seen a lot less than this one. Um, the Black Cauldron, the animated Disney one. Oh, yeah. Has Gurgi in it with his itches and scritches. And I love that. Gurgi's like the best part of that movie. So, Kathleen, tell us a little bit about your history with The NeverEnding Story. Uh, well, the history with The NeverEnding Story, I remember watching it. I was, I was born in 84, and this movie came out in 84. So I'd like to think that while I was a zygote or, you know, before <laughs> I was born, while my, I was in my mom's tummy, that I was watching this and listening to it vicariously because it really – does have a special place in my heart. You can ask my husband anytime we go on a road trip, I'm like, play the never-ending story song. And I just like jam out to turn around <laughs> everything you see. Yeah, it's great. Uh, um, obviously, I'm not going to sing anymore. Um, I don't have as good a voice as, you know, or that guy. <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, it just, it just meant so much to me. It's just like I was saying earlier, the 1980s fantasy movies like Legend and Dark Crystal and NeverEnding Story had such like an innocence to them before you could see like the creepiness that, you know, I don't know, kind of like the child molester type vibe that Th- Thomas was talking about and like Tyranny uh... got to. But, um, I don't know. So it was something that I always watched when I was, you know, at home from school feeling sick. It just raised my spirits, just seeing Falcor flying in and saving Atreyu. And I remember having a mad crush on Atreyu whenever I was younger. I just thought he was, like, the coolest, cutest guy ever. And um, so that's my uh, never-ending story kind of history. (laughs) So Awesome. Yeah. Your never-ending story story? (laughs) Yeah, my never-ending story story. Yeah, the the <laughs> fantasy movies of the eighties are their own genre. They're mm-hmm. yeah, they're they can be kept apart from everything, and most of them will still hold up in their own way moving forward. And they're always they're my favorites as well. There's something about the kids' movies of the eighties, and I know most people probably say that about their generation, but I think these actually do stand apart as something even. Kids today can go and look at it and say, yeah, I can understand why you li- liked that so much. Yeah. Well, I, I run screaming from the room. Sure. <laughs> um, I remember reading a cracked article about the Nevering story back in 2011, and it was like the seven worst life lessons that you can learn from this oh. movie. <laughs> and I don't know. Again, I kind of saw some of them. It's like, uh, talk to strangers because it's totally okay. And I mean, you see... <laughs> You see that in pretty much every 1980s kids movie. It's like, oh, talk to this weird person. Like, it's totally fine. Who cares? But the one that I really disagree with is like, oh, it's okay. Do what you want. Wander aimlessly throughout this life because good luck will find you. But I have to disagree with that because Atreyu put a lot of work mm-hmm. in before Falcor came to save him. And I don't know, kind of what I live by and what many do, I'm sure, is you put in the work and, you know, you'll benefit from that. So yes, that's what I took from it. You know, those negative Nancy's out there, there just can't be any good in this world. And <laughs> they just can't. needed to do their little listicle. And yeah, that's kind of how I, I do love crack. The crack people out there, you're great. Love you guys. <laughs> it's funny. I agreed with most of them, but that one in particular, I just kind of have to say no. So Awesome. All well, right. Tierney, do you have any other notes for this minute? I don't. We covered... 
we managed to cover everything that I was like, oh. oh, wait, I think I have one more little fact that I found up. So in the 80s, you know, we didn't have the, the CG stuff yet. So a lot of puppeteering was needed in movies like, you know, Aliens and things like that. So I was wondering, like, how many puppeteers were in that dragon? Because you saw it, like, breathing, the whole thing breathing. And apparently it was 25. Yes. 25 tons. puppeteers. Oh. Can you imagine? We were talking about this last week a little bit. Oh, like, there was okay. probably three guys just in his chest oh, doing my God. the breathing. Just doing the breathing. <laughs> <laughs> just moving his chest up and down to breathe. Oh, and man. also, I know this This is not, okay, this is a little lewd, but if someone had some tacos or a bean burrito before the shoot, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's no ventilation in that dragon. So well, You oh, almost man. hope that it's open on the other side, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Tauntaun style? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, not yeah. Tauntaun style, not quite that bad. But. Oh, yeah, I'm sure just to save money on, like, materials and things building the thing. It's like, so. do we ever see his other side lying down like this? You can, um, Tierney and Thomas, I'm sure you talked about this, and forgive me if I'm repeating from the last episode, but I've always wanted to, dr- to ride Falkor, and I was like, In Germany? That- yeah, yes. I didn't know that was even possible. I looked up that they have him at the Bavarian Studios or something over there, so... I don't know. I just and you can also buy like the plush toys too, yep. but they're hard to get. You have to get them on eBay. So maybe yeah. one day, maybe husband, hello Kyle, maybe for <laughs> Christmas. Just saying, maybe for Christmas, just throwing that out there. Well, now so. you know if Kyle listens to your guest spots. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. That's all I have, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to a little bit more talk about Falcor coming up. But that's, that's another, another story. story. That shall be told another time. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Wow. Something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.